Welcome to Valley Outdoors, covering outdoor recreation in the Matsu Valley and Greater Alaska with your host, Tim Escher. Hello everyone, this is Tim Escher with our inaugural edition of Valley Outdoors. On Valley Outdoors, we hope to highlight some of the great recreational opportunities and organizations we have in the Valley and across Alaska, and maybe inspire you to get out and enjoy them. This is an incredible place, and sometimes we forget all that we have here. It tends to fade into the background of our busy lives. Well, I hope that we can change that. This might actually be the ideal time to start this program. It's cold. Well, kind of cold. It's in the 40s. <laughs> it's dark, but we can't let those excuses keep us from getting out. On today's show, our first show, we have Stuart Leitner, Executive Director of the Matsu Trails and Parks Foundation. Good afternoon, Stuart. Good afternoon, Tim. Thanks yeah. for having well, me. Well, thanks for being here. Congratulations on the inaugural uh, you know, show. Yeah, well, I've thought uh, quite a while about doing a show. I've listened to podcasts probably since mm-hmm. 2004, back when the only people that knew about them were computer geeks like me. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, they've gotten popular. Yeah. And uh, my other interest is outdoors. You know, I've skied for 40 years Mm -hmm. and I've done a lot of uh, road biking and mountain biking and hiking. And one of the reasons I moved to Alaska from Wisconsin is they have mountains up here. Right. (laughs) Um, And uh, a little bit more opportunity to do those kind of things. And uh, so it's, it's, uh, I guess, appropriate that we have the Matsu, you from the Matsu Trails and Parks Foundation, because you've got your fingers kind of in a lot of different things around here in the valley. And uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what, uh, what the organization is? Sure. You know, we're a small nonprofit foundation that uh, we our whole mission is to fund an integrated network of trails and parks throughout the Matsu Borough. And so we really focus on, you know, working with community groups, other nonprofits, as well as the borough and the state on trail priority projects throughout the borough. And we've got a pool of funding that we've been really fortunate uh, that it started as seed funding between the borough very early on and the Matsu Health Foundation. Originally, that seed funding was intended to allow us to put together the first master trails and parks plan that has been sort of our guiding work now for since 2013. Mm-hmm. And then the Health Foundation has continued to provide um, the base for the funding that we provide then out to the trail user groups. Um, So we've uh, funded projects from Talkeetna to Glacier View, everything from bocce ball courts in Wasilla to working on um, the revamping of the uh, ridge trail system up in Talkeetna. So we have quite a variety of projects and it's not specific to motorized or non-motorized we work with a a wide cross-section of folks Um, it was exciting to see like the carl wagon road project that the backcountry horsemen just finished Mm -hmm. uh, this summer so some new bridges and everything they put in so we really do try to work with all of the different user groups and looking at what are those priorities. Okay. So do you do projects yourself or do you mainly work with other groups and provide them funding and guidance on how do we, we do those projects? We primarily work with other groups and provide them the funding. Um, with that said, we have you know sort of three priority project areas um, that we've been working on. And one of those has been the Herning Trail. Uh, and that's one where we've really been alongside the borough 
but it's a project that we've taken a great interest in and been involved in from all of the community meetings forward, and we'll continue to fund uh, a, a chunk of the money that's going to be invested uh, through the borough to put up kiosks and get that trail mm-hmm. actually reestablished. So that's along a historic, the historic Kerning Trail. You see, I'm not familiar with that. Where is that? So that's going out of uh, Kinnick, and it will be going all the way up to then Houston. Oh, so Kinnick down by yep. Fish Creek. Yes. Okay, down on that so end. Okay. It basically takes a P, it goes off of um, the Iditarod Trail. Okay. And it's the old RS2477. It's been realigned uh, just because of you know, growth in terms of subdivisions, things along those lines. And the boroughs worked very well with landowners to determine what the appropriate access route is and what the appropriate easements would need to be. Mm-hmm. And most of it is going to be running on section lines, but that will reestablish a, you know, a north-south corridor. Okay. So again, what we're trying to look at then is what are those, you know, pieces or gaps and what makes a good integrated network. And so the Herning Trail would be one example of that. Okay. And is that both a summer and winter trail or what's the, what do you see as the use of that? Is it a multi-use trail? It's going to be a multi-use uh, winter trail primarily. There are okay. sections that could be used in the summer, but large sections of it also cross over lakes. Yeah, so. it's lakes and swamps <laughs> yeah. and a lot of the area down so, there. So it's, it's going to be wet. a north-south you know, winter trail route okay. primarily. Okay. Well, the the project I'm most familiar with is uh, the Puritan Creek Trail mm-hmm. that we just did this summer. Right. I, I live out there. I live about mile 90 on the Glen Highway. And uh, the Puritan Trail, which unless you're a avid hunter in the valley, you may not know that much about because it is pretty far out there. But uh, it turned out that it's a pretty heavily used trail both by hunters and, and by ATV enthusiasts. It's, it is. It seems to be, you, yeah. you go online and look up Boulder Creek, Alaska or Puritan Trail, Alaska, you'll see a lot of big mud buggies out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so what happened over time is that we ended up with a lot of mud holes, um, a lot of erosion problems. And uh, we got a little bit of work from the DNR a couple of years ago to improve that trail, put some switchbacks up to the bench. Um, but then we worked with you and uh, through the community council out there to get some markings on the trail, to keep people on the trail. Uh, it's a pretty fragile t- tundra up there. Correct. And since it, since it is a heavily used trail, we'd like to keep people on the trail. And we assume that's also one of the things that you look at too, as you kind of, as you put these trails together and put the network together is try to keep folks on those trails and get them marked appropriately. Yeah. I mean, that's a really, you know, important aspect. Um, when you're looking at the trails, it's, are they getting designed, you know, for the intended use? Mm-hmm. So with, you know, the Puritan Creek gets a lot of motorized use. So is it, you know, what, what, attributes are being designed in there need to be repaired so that it can continue to take that impact. But keeping people in a trail corridor so it doesn't create social trails, whether they're hiking, whether they're motorized, you know, is going to just continue to keep that um, habitat intact. But also then you're not going to be um, potentially trespassing because a lot of these are uh, trails that have a very specific easement corridor, Mm -hmm. and we want to keep people legal. We don't want to be infringing on private property rights or going off into uh, other lands that that wasn't the intent of where that trail was taking folks up to. Right. And then and that was the issue we had up there and that a lot of the trail was on borough land and state land, but there were sections of it that actually went through private mm-hmm. property and had a 
either historical easement or an actually surveyed easement that went through there. Right. So it's important to get that stuff marked. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is Tim Escher with Valley Outdoors on Big Cabbage Radio, and we're talking with Stuart Leitner of uh, Matsu Trails and Parks Foundation. So out of all these projects, uh, you mentioned a master plan that was put together in 2013, and I just got an email from you, I guess, the other day, uh, right. where you're doing a survey <laughs> on that. And uh, are you looking at updating that plan, or how does that plan evolve over time? Well, we always thought of the plan as a living document. And mm-hmm. so we are looking at getting community input now, and I'll be reaching out also to all of the different user groups that we've worked with in the past to get uh, updates on what are the trail priorities. Because when we go through and we take a look at projects that have come in and that we have funded, one of the sort of criteria we look at is, is it part of a, a plan, whether it's a community plan, our plan, the borough's plan, or community council's plan? Mm-hmm. And so, like in the case of Puritan Creek, that one happened to also be in our master plan. So, you know, we look at those types of things to see, is this just a one-off idea, or is it something that the community has been talking about and needed to address? So then now we've gone through, and, you know, not to say that the entire, you know, plan has been completed by Mm -hmm. any stretch. Some are still in feasibility stage. Some may just because of um, not being feasible, you know, would drop off the list. So we're looking at gaining the public input and the user's input again on what are the problems that they see, what are the linkages that they would like to see uh, established uh, so that we really can have that vision of an integrated network from one end of the borough to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was looking at your master plan. It really does cover the whole range. It's, mm-hmm. You had our trail on there, the Puritan Creek Trail, but then also beyond that, the Nelchina Chickaloon Trail, which is a little farther out and is very historical mining trail that went right. along the whole Matanuska Valley. And then you go all the way up to the Talkeetna area, you yes. said, and yep. and uh, up towards Denali State Park. And you got that far? Yep, we've had a project. We uh, Just this summer, we had a project that the State Park staff completed, which was up on Kasugi Ridge, okay. and they put in two new backcountry latrines to mitigate impacts of uh, human waste up in that fragile ecosystem there. Yeah, there's been a lot of work done up there on yeah. that uh, on that ridge. And a lot of that was state-driven, is that correct? Correct. Okay. And that uh, kind of brings me to my next question is, what is your relationship to the, both the borough and the DNR? Because they also have their own projects going on, and how do you coordinate with those those two groups? So we sit down. I mean, uh, you know, we, we do have somebody from the borough that sits as an ex-officio on our board of directors. Um, but I coordinate with the borough staff, and whether it's with a, you know, a user group that is asking for the grant, I make sure that we're circling back with the borough. And then if it's DNR or state parks, again, I work pretty closely with each of them. If they're, um, you know, especially state parks as they're applying for different, uh, you know, grants through us Mm -hmm. to, you know, our funding typically is not the, we're not providing necessarily always 100% of the funding needed for a project. We tend to be a match for like a recreation trail program grant through DNR. So, I mean, we're, we're strong partners, I would say, working with the different groups there. Okay. And I'll be meeting both with state parks and DNR just to talk about these types of priorities in mm-hmm. the future. Okay. And, it, and it's also good that you meet with the local groups, you know, mm-hmm. like the community councils and so on. Because it, 
one of the things we talked about, I keep going to back to that project. We did that last summer just because that's from what I'm familiar with. But um, one of the things we talk about up there is how much trail improvement do we really want to do? Because it's like building a freeway. The more lanes you add to the freeway, the more people that want to drive on that freeway. <laughs> and uh, and it doesn't seem like uh, you make much progress when it comes right. to reducing traffic and so on. And, and building a sustainable trail, obviously, is a good thing to do because if you do have the traffic, you do want the trail to last right. uh, to do that. But uh, what do you look at when you're looking at improving a trail? and getting some of that local input and those type of uh, those type of issues well again it's going to go back to what's the intended use of the trail if somebody's looking at you know a uh, we'll go to the ATV trail mm-hmm. one of the challenges right now and this was in the um, big bomb package that passed in the borough so when at but Wasilla Creek uh, headwaters the trail that's up there okay when that originally was when the Bridges were originally put in, you know, dealing with uh, stream habitat, crossings, and what have you. Everything was designed for a different type of machine. Mm-hmm. And at that time, there weren't side-by-sides. There weren't, you know, oh, sure. the, the increase in the size of the vehicles. And so we're needing to go back and really revisit, you know, what is, you know, the intended use was might have been for the ATV, but... That is evolved, so that trail needs to evolve in terms of the construction techniques and certainly the engineering for the bridges. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it becomes a, um, a larger conversation about, well, what do you want to invest in to ensure that we're not coming back or you're coming back as a trail user group year after year after year trying to fix you know, problems that right. are occurring? Right. So it's really trying to do that work up front. Okay. So, and the same would go for we're working on a project up at the Susitna Valley High School there, and they're working on the tread for all of the cross country ski, mm-hmm. and then it's also for cross country track, you know, in the spring, and really improving that tread so that it is more durable. Because what happens in the spring is it, you know, has its frost sure. heaving, and kids are, you know, turning ankles, things along those lines. So, they really wanted to improve that tread so it was more of a year-round trail system that could accommodate what they're looking for. Okay. So that's just a couple of examples. Well, yeah, it's a wide range of projects. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize you had such a variety out yeah. there. Um, and then as far as some of the user groups that you work with, there's there's lots of groups out there. There is the uh, uh, Valley Mountain Biking and Hiking Group. Mm-hmm. There's the Matsu Trails Council, which is a little bit confusing because they have a bit of a close name to, to what you yeah. guys do. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the Iditarod folks and all of that. Are those some of the user groups that you were talking about before that you coordinate yes. with? Yes, I and mean, we've been working with the Aurora Dog Mushers. Uh, we work with the community councils. Um, certainly Scott Lapine and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Matsu Trails Council is a group that we've worked with and you folks had him working with you up on Puritan Creek. Right. And so we'll, we will work with, um, pretty much, uh, any nonprofit organization. We work with government entities. Uh, what we won't do is work on private lands essentially. So okay. we're really focused on what are the public land, you know, um, trail access and parks, that, you know, the communities and user groups are looking to establish. Okay. And if there's user groups that are out there that haven't contacted or worked with you before, what's the best way for them to start getting their input into the projects that are done and maybe apply for grants? Well, the I'll be putting that survey that you just got in the email up onto our website within uh, probably next week, as I'm out of the office a little bit. Um, 
but we'll be putting that survey up and we'll be then gathering input that way. They can also contact me directly at info at matsutrails.org mm-hmm. through our email. And we will have at least one uh, public meeting in the early part of 2018 as we continue to move you know, that process forward of gathering input and, and sort of sifting through that. Okay. So if sifting through the projects are done and updating the master plan, is that yeah. what, that, what and that's it, about? And, it, and again, it's more for so that we've got a better idea of where the community's focuses are going to be. Mm-hmm. And that way it gives us some um, feedback on, you know, again, what projects we can be expecting in the future. Okay. You're listening to Valley Outdoors. I'm Tim Escher, and we're talking about the Matsu Trails and Parks Foundation with Executive Director Stuart Leitner. Um, what would you say are some of the more popular user groups or active user groups that are out there in terms of whether it's ATVs or biking or hiking or equestrian or what it might be? What are you seeing as most active right now? Uh, well, um, given that we're sort of in the snow year, then we start to see oh, the, sure. you know, the different <laughs> ski groups. Um, you know, it, and it sort of depends on what area we're in. Mm-hmm. So right here in the core, I would say it's a Matsu ski club, Okay. um, right in the Palmer Wassell area, just because they're doing so much work up at the government peak recreation area, but you get out to Willow and all of that volunteer group through the Willow trails committee, which is sort of a subcommittee of the, uh, Willow area community organization, which is that community, um, council out there. Uh, they're very active in uh, ensuring that all of their trails are groomed. Uh, they've got hundreds of miles of trails that their volunteers are involved in for grooming for multi-use. Is it mostly snow machine trails or skiing? Uh, snow or? Mach- it's it's multi-use. So okay. it's snow machining, dog mushing, cross-country skiing, and, and then the fat biking is getting oh, uh, yeah. bigger up there. And like December 16th, they're going to be hosting their solstice race, which is going to be out of the Willow Community Center there and running several of those trails. Of course, if everything thaws all of a sudden, that could be an interesting, more <laughs> right. challenging race. Um, but, uh, and and you get those, you know, you get a variety of uh, groups that are really focused on making sure that all those trails are well-maintained. Mm-hmm. Um you know, our our own Mayor Vern Holter is, I, I know, one of the many volunteers that is out there grooming over 300 miles of trails. Wow. So it is a very active um, winter community, to say the least. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and then you mentioned uh, the funding comes from uh, Matsu Health Foundation is one, and then from the borough? Well, the borough had been very early on in okay. some of the seed funding to look at what is a, you know, sort of a master plan. Mm-hmm. And then the Matsu Health Foundation has been uh, the primary funder, but we also raise funds from individuals. Well, that's, and, that was my question. Right. Did you get it from private parties? We, and... we do. Okay. And so we are, we're, you know, end of year, like many nonprofits, we're sure. in our own fundraising No, my phase. mailbox is full. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I sent you anything, but I could no, no, have. No, no, well. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll remind myself, too. Um, so, yeah, it is, it's something that, you know, we are raising funds from individuals. And, you know, we also look to collaborate with other foundations, um, and we just want to make sure that we're leveraging our dollars mm-hmm. um, extremely well on behalf of the, you know, the communities. And you're a 501c3. Yes, we so are. So it's a mm-hmm. deductible. It's a if, charitable uh, contribution. It works out that way yep. in folks' taxes. Okay, 
Um, and then you, the, my last question, I guess, is you have a grant cycle coming up. Is that right? Yes, we do. Okay. January and, 5th is our next grant cycle. And how, so do, how do those cycles work? You... We do them twice a year. Okay. And so typically it will be January and then one in June or July. And we want to make sure that we can catch that tail end of the construction season for a project that might have come up and still there's sufficient time. But we also encourage people to come and speak with me and, and give me a call. They can reach me at 746-8757 or that email I gave earlier, info at matsutrails.org. And we can uh, talk about those projects. And then I come out and do a site visit and we make sure that uh, we put everything together with you. Okay. All right. So that's only a month away from now. Correct. And uh, we've got holidays in the middle of that. <laughs> and so is it is it still feasible for someone to get in there? And, you bet. Uh, and I'm going projects? out and doing site visits next week. Um, and I mean, our, our grant application isn't, uh, I wouldn't say it's very difficult. It might take someone as long as they've got the, you know, the basic information together. Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't take them more than an hour to put together. Uh, the person who put it together on behalf of the Glacier View Community Council might disagree with me, but um, maybe because I've done them enough. But you know, the and and the other part of that is, is I am more than happy to work with the grantee to answer any questions and to give them feedback on what information they're going to need to put together. Okay, and then on these grants, are you looking uh, for groups that, for example, have matching funds? Does that go into how these things are scored or? Our, of that sort. our grant guidelines, there's certain levels of granting that we have. So mm-hmm. if it's under $10,000, we don't necessarily look at whether you have match or not. Uh, we always encourage match, and that can be cash or in-kind. But once you get up to the $30,000 range, we do look at match. And then if it's over $30,000, $30, we have some criteria about it needs to be uh, providing a you know a true link, integrating uh, a network of trails so that something that hasn't been there before. Okay. And then we do really look at um, the match being more on a one-to-one basis. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we're uh, running a little bit short of time here. Anything else you want to want to no, cover? Thank as long you very much for having me, and we look forward to participating in your show again in the future. Well, yeah, I'd be happy. I'd to love ha- to come ha- on to and here. highlight some more of the projects as we get them finished. Well, I just I just love the work you guys are are doing. I, I I've been coming up here since 2003, I think, mm-hmm. and then we got a place up here in 2005. And uh, there were a lot of trails around, but a lot, it was just the very local people that knew where they were, and, right. <laughs> and it, it took a lot of investigation work to find out where you could actually go and and do some hiking and not get stuck in a mud hole somewhere. Right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, seeing you. Put together this network, I think, is just wonderful work. So I'm very well, happy to have you here. There's a lot of dedicated trail trail and park advocates out there. So. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Stuart. Thank you, Tim. All right. You've been listening to Valley Outdoors, covering outdoor recreation in the Matsu Valley in greater Alaska. Valley Outdoors is a production of Big Cabbage Radio, recorded in our studios in Palmer, Alaska. Music by Robin Hopper of Chugiak, Alaska. I'm your host, Tim Escher.